I'm Aria Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W, using X's nose along with key stats who bring honest and critical analysis. Rachel, 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 how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. You know, it's a, I wouldn't say it's a, a dull time in the W. We got some exciting news going on. Free agency is about to start. Let me check my clock in like three, four days. Um, <laughs> uh, it's an exciting time. We're going to start seeing a lot more a lot more names start getting thrown around. I do want to stop everything real quick. Some breaking news just got on my desk, and I want to alert the fans of this. The Washington Mystics general manager and head coach Mike Tebow has announced that Eric Tebow has been elevated to associate head coach. Hopefully this is a good move for the Mystics. Also, if you're wondering, yes, they're related. Uh, Father-son combo. Rachel, let's talk about unrestricted free agents. We could dive in if we wanted to into restricted free agents, reserve, cores, all that jazz. But the mean potatoes is really that unrestricted free agents are the players who are most likely to not be playing for the same team as last year. If you have to peg a few players that are kind of top marks, top eyes on them, I would got to say Krima Christmas Kelly has got to be up there. She's a two-way player. Um, I'm hearing she's pretty good through her or moving on through her rehab. She's going to be hitting the court soon. Let's also talk about TRP, T.R. Ruffin-Pratt, who is a lockdown defender. Doesn't have the same versatility on offense that Karima has, but her lockdown defending is, is, is top-notch. Raquana Williams, underratedly amazing scorer. We're talking about someone who, before Liz Cambage 53 this past season, held the record, and she did it in a ridiculously low amount of minutes. Um, let's talk about Mo Curry. Let's talk about Latoya Sanders. Let's talk about Elena Beard, all right? Those are top players, in my opinion. I mean, when you're thinking about unrestricted free agents, people who could move, Rachel, I want you to put your coaching hat on. I know the GMs often decide this stuff, but do you, uh, I mean, where are you on your core beliefs? Do you believe that it's better for, let's say, you know, to draft a player and craft them into it? Or are you in, in the camp where, if you can get an unrestricted free agent who's proven themselves, you run with that. I mean, uh, I think that's a question that's almost probably impossible to answer because it's so situational. You know, it depends on, um, you know, um, the franchise. It depends on your current roster. It depends on what where, where that current roster is. I mean, you look at, look at a, a team like, you know, Seattle who just won a championship and arguably, you know, does there even need to be any, move? does there need to be any movement? You know, th- their needs are going to be very different um, than what Brian Agler needs with the Dallas wings, you know? So, th- I mean, th- they're on completely different spectrums in terms of um, what you have on your roster, the experience you have on your roster combined with, you know, um, you're bringing in, you know, like we talked about people, people fresh off the draft, someone right out of college, uh, that you can craft and form. I think in my opinion, you know, you, you want a little bit of both, you know, you want to have, um, veterans who are, are established in the league who can help, help you along with your staff mold, um, kind of those, those young rookies who are coming into their own and trying to figure out what this league is about. So, I mean, I, I think it's critical you have both, but, um, it, it just depends very much. I mean, it, it's, it, everything comes down to 
what you're working with right now, where the state of your team is. You know, you look at Connecticut Sun compared to, you know, Phoenix, even the looks of those rosters and what they need. You know, we've seen Phoenix, they brought in a little bit of, of youth last year with Marie Gulich and, and uh, you know, that that is something that as they as they continue that, that roster ages and we see players um, probably in the next few years, you know, maybe retire or, or get out, you know, that, that next generation of players, uh, but they have to be formed by somebody, you know, they have to be um, built by somebody, but, you know, you're looking at like Dallas is a perfect example. I have to imagine that. Yeah. You, you want to bring in, um, you know, you want to bring in some, some fresh <laughs> talent to the league, if you will, people that can be molded into what Brian Agler does as a coach is what he does a tremendous job with. Uh, but at the same time, you've got these free agents, very talented, who've played at a high level. Some of them have won, you know, championships. You want that on your roster as well. So it's, 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 it's fascinating. And, and what makes it hard um, for us as fans or as media uh, who, who cover it is, you know, it's so quiet out there. It's very difficult to kind of get an understanding of what GMs or coaches are looking for. And there's not a lot of discussion with that. So, I mean, I, I, I like when we do see these types of pieces, we like, you know, when people are predicting trades or predicting movements, um, predictions, you know, are oftentimes just in that predictions. It's just people talking, but it's buzz around it. Um, that, that is getting people excited for what's to come. I just wish, you know, there, we had a little bit more information as to what different teams were looking at or what they were looking to build. And sometimes, you know, that, that can be very, very um, held very close to the chest, um, especially in the WNBA. But um, I think we're, we're hitting a point now where we're seeing a little bit, the discussion is, is evolving um, with that. And the fans and the media are really getting involved in that. And that's exciting to see. Yeah, and I would just build off that. First of all, I completely disagree with Phoenix Mercury take. I, in my mind, in 2048, will still be seeing, <laughs> uh, you know, BG, DT, and Bonner up there balling out. I could so, be I wrong on that. You're right. Yeah, You're right. right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I completely agree. The, an interesting take that I have on Dallas, uh, by the way, our own Del- Dorothy, Dorothy Gentry spoke with Agler recently um, and talking about Kareem at Christmas Kelly. He was very frank. He said, we don't have her rights. She's, she's is open to go to any team. Her, but that being said, we would love to have her back. A lot of it, uh, you know, a lot of it depends on expectations as far as salary and negotiations and that. But I mean, it, and that, that talks to what you were saying before, where typically this is a chess game between all the different GMs and coaches around the league where they want to keep those cards close to their chest because, you know, he makes that comment, another coach could say, all right, cool, and try and swoop in based off of that. I mean, we've heard Cheryl Reeve go on record talking about how she expects to have Brunson and Simone back on her roster. We heard uh, T over, T over in, in, in D.C. speaking, well, I guess he was in England when he spoke to this, uh, about how they plan to get Natasha Cloud back and Latoya Sanders back. Sometimes people are more willing to talk about it. Sometimes it backfires. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, there's a difference between, uh, you know, hypotheses and <laughs> predictions. Uh, you know, I'm a scientist. <laughs> and, and, and predictions to reporting things based off of sources and whatnot. There's a very fine line. And I think both of those are, in, are very important to growth of the league. But it's also very important for people to understand the differences between those. And, oh, because Rachel drops a prediction of what's going to happen, that doesn't mean that you're saying, oh, I've talked to my sources and this is 100%. When we get a, this is what's happening, I've talked to people, you know, on record. You know what I'm saying? That's that's 
source is telling us something mm-hmm. different than a, than a prediction. Um, but talking about some of your sources stuff, but we're going to kind of flip the script on you, Rachel. We're talking about Liz right now. <laughs> um, but I'm going to flip the script on you, and it's not about Dallas, and it's not about Liz. It's about we know it's down. It's a two-horse race, if you will. Um, I've been very adamant about saying that in my mind the two horses are L.A. and Vegas. So let's let's put on our thinking caps for a moment here and let's talk about what these trade offers would look like. Now, we've heard some crazy stuff. We've heard, oh, um, uh, Neka Gumake is going. We've heard Chelsea Gray, Candace Parker is going. We've heard um, Asia Wilson's going for Liz. We've heard Kayla McBride's going for Liz. Let's kind of scale back on that <laughs> and let's run through what we think, you know, again, yes, Liz has some pitfalls in in the sense of that she's an overseas player and her status year to year is very different. In 2020, I believe it's the Olympics, so that's going to affect her season. There's many things going on uh, when you're an overseas player. So, Rachel, let's start off. Do we want to start with LA or Vegas? You pick one. We'll start with Vegas. All right, let's start with Vegas. If if you're Vegas, what are you offering? I think we have to understand that <laughs> this isn't just a normal trade. Again, this is Liz Cambage is arguably the most dominant player in professional women's basketball right now. So to, to have that, that, that understanding is who we're trading for. This is a player who single-handedly under the right coaching and right players around could take you to a finals, in my opinion. So, you know, that's a, that's a bold take from me. That's my opinion. Um, you know, she, as dominant as she is, I think it, I think we can all agree that it's ridiculous to think that the number one pick is like not on the table. Like, like it, it has to be a part of this. And we know that Vegas has that. Um, so I think all of us would agree. Um, maybe, maybe not that that is a part of that, that deal. Um, what else does Dallas need? Well, well, obviously they need a point guard. You know, Skylar Diggins-Smith is going to be out. There's there's no determination as to kind of where she will return, and if she does, could it be middle of the season? You know, you you're not you're not sure. You know, the 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 priority is is her family and um, the birth of their child, and and so that that they need a point guard. They need someone to come in. So I think you have to look at that and think, all right, what does Vegas have that Dallas want at point guard? So you, you automatically go to Mariah Jefferson, great player, tremendous player, dynamic player who would fit well. Um, with kind of that roster there in Dallas, in my opinion. Um, and then I, I think that you have to continue to throw more in there. You can't just be a Mariah Jefferson point guard uh, in the first round pick. Um, there has to be some size, you know, because that, and, and that's what Vegas has. They have a lot of size. So, um, you know, a big body, you know, a, a rim protector. Um, I, so I think that, in my opinion, is a three-prong trade, and those are the three things, if I had to guess, that were involved um, from the Vegas side of things. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm looking at it, Mojef, number one, and Jisoo. I mean, that, that that's my take on it, just because you... Or like a Derricka Hamby, you know? Yeah, yeah, someone like that, because... Uh, I look at it more as a big, you know, that, that is less, that's kind of the add on. Right. And when we get to LA, you'll see what I mean, because when you're talking about, okay, obviously not every team is going to be able to give you the pieces that you fully want. So what they're going to do is maybe, maybe, I mean, again, this is all speculation, but like, let's say Vegas is more invested in Mojeff than they are in, in a uh, plump. Now, are they willing to say, okay, Mojeff is a little bit better, like in our eyes, a little bit better than Plum, 
but we're still super happy with Plum. So we're willing to let go of Mojeff to make up for the lack of big that we're going to give you. You know what I mean? Like right. kind of even it all out. So for me, I would not be surprised to see Mojeff go. There's always been lots of speculation about Kelsey Plum. So obviously I think you have to put that on the table. But considering the fact that you're giving them a number one and what I would assume it would have to be a big, because you're not just going to – I mean, like think how depleted Dallas would be if you get rid of your starting five and then you just have no one to replace her at all. Right. Exactly. I mean, even with the number one, but that that's completely different. So, so yeah, I, I see it as a point guard, a draft pick and a big. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you most likely because you, Vegas is a little bit deep in the point guard, you would throw Mojeff into it. Um, Cause why not? Right. I think that makes sense. I think that would be, I mean, she has a lot of trade value. I mean, she's, she's an incredible talent. And I mean, Mariah Jefferson within herself, just what she can do, um, and especially in certain spurts, not just as a facilitator, but just as a playmaker too. I mean, she's a very talented point guard, young point guard in this league who, who, who could have a tremendous future in this. So she holds a lot of trade value just within herself. And then you're, you're, you know, you're throwing on the number one draft pick, which, you know, the, the latest ESPN mock draft just came out earlier today, which has, you know, Sabrina Onskew is, is number one. And there is some size involved in that, but um, you know, if, if she decides to declare, that's a huge part of this as well. So, I mean, but, but, that you know, we—that's a whole other conversation because we, we're not going to know that until the final hours, in my opinion. But well, um, ex- exactly, and and that's an interesting part of it, which is the the biggest thing in my mind that would hold back Vegas from offering the number one is a hundred percent Sabrina's eligibility declaration, whatever you have, because Vegas. If I'm Vegas, I'm waiting as long as possible to facilitate this trade. Because I want to get as close to a point where I can get a sense from Sabrina if she's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because, and, and, and Bill's been pretty candid about it. Um, so I would say, yeah, that that's a huge one that might be holding them back saying, all right, well, crap, if she does, I, she does, that's we're a, losing out on this. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think, but again, look who we're talking about trading for. You know, uh, Sabrina, if she decides to come out and say she does decide and, and she is the number one, but she's an incredible, she's an incredible talent. I, I've never quite seen anyone like her in my life from a, a guard standpoint. She's, she's, she's incredible, but how that translates to the league, you know, there, there's, there's still a lot of question marks there. You've got a rookie. I mean, it's, you know, you're not sure kind of what that is, what that could evolve into. Um, but we're, we're talking about Liz Cambage here, <laughs> the most dominant player in the world. You know, I, I guess if, if it were me, I would be completely fine. Not fine, but you know, I, I you got to put your your best offer down on the table, and you you got to do whatever it takes to make this work uh, for for a player like Liz Cambage. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, let's let's flip it over to LA. Um, looking at LA now, there are a lot of possibilities with LA. The interesting aspect when it comes to LA is who is currently the big names on their roster. We all know about Candace Parker and Neko Gumake. And I'm, I'm going to include Odyssey Sims and Chelsea Gray, and we'll get to why later. But talking about that, the, I mean, two of your biggest names on your roster are your, your respective four and five, if you will. So if you're including a trade that doesn't include Candace Parker or NECA, then either you're looking at a situation where you're starting all three, or you have to take one of those people. We're talking about, you know, NECA's been an MVP. Candace's been MVP. Uh, Liz has been in MVP discussion and definitely is on that same tier as far as skill set. Most dominant player in the league. Um, so 
it, it, it just it's a conundrum. That's why I think now you can look at me and say I'm crazy for saying this, but I'm going <laughs> to say it, Rachel. Go ahead, let's go. I would I would have to think that neck is on the table. Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. I have to think so too. I I don't know for the record, people. I have no idea, but I. How could she not? I mean, it, let, let, let me backtrack here. And here's, here's why. I mean, we, it's not realistic to sit here and think that a trade involving just like a Maria Vadiva and a couple other, you know, role players, if you will, are going to be enough to entice Dallas to want to complete this trade for Liz Cambage. It's just, come on now. I mean, come on, you know? So like, like, you're, 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 you're trading an MVP candidate, you better get an MVP candidate or something to that level in return, in my opinion. And you don't have a first round draft pick. So like, Candace Parker isn't going to go anywhere. I, I mean, I can't ever see that happening. So like, we could cross well, that if, if you If you do that, then it's a stupid trade for the Sparks, in my opinion. Because I think the biggest benefit for the Sparks getting Liz, besides having one of the best players in the league on your team, is the combination of Candace and Liz. I mean, how are you going to beat that? Well... Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, you, so then you look at, you know, Chelsea Gray and you look at NECA and then this is where it starts to get very interesting because we've seen kind of this, I'll compare it to like, you know, in the nineties with the bulls, you know, and, and like, like we've, that we've, be, that they've become the face of this franchise, you know, these, these certain players that they've won these titles with, it's hard for us to envision them not being together you know and like in we're talking about the LA Sparks here this is the LA Sparks you can't break that up and so I think you have a lot of emotion tied with tied in with that you're going to have a lot of fans that are going to be like what Mm -hmm. the hell are you doing like you can't trade NECA I mean so this is incredibly interesting I I have no idea what 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 LA is potentially putting on the table or you know and as we have reported we've seen offers have you know in this two horse race rough or offers have increased you know you know you got to put your best cards down on the table and I I think for someone like Liz Cambage my mind automatically does go to NECA um and I would imagine that someone like Agler who's coached her who knows her they they have a relationship uh, he knows her dynamic the way she works he knows her heart all those things um would be appealing to him she's been an MVP she's she's an incredible talent I think what's interesting you know NECA was off last year um, and, and remember she, she, she was kind of in and out. I mean, we could say LA as in, as a whole was off last year, large part due to injuries with beard and, and NECA and, and some inconsistencies just within their, their starting lineup. Um, but NECA specifically was kind of out, you know, she battled some, some sicknesses or some illnesses or some hardships in certain ways. And so, um, I, I would be curious the the current, status of NECA, you know, in terms of her health. Is she, is she, is she feeling better? Is she feeling good? Is she ready to go? I mean, I think that plays a big role in this as well, but you've got to imagine that with Agler who coached this team, he, he, he knows them, um, that a player like NECA, <laughs> that, 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 that definitely makes you think you, you would have to stop and think about that. So, I mean, just being, being, uh, you know, the, the predictions that we're throwing out there, I agree with you. You have to believe that it's NECA. I know there's other people talking about it as well. Um, you know, some people, could it be a Chelsea Gray? I don't see that as much um, just because, yes, Chelsea Gray is incredibly talented. She has proven she can take over. Two years ago, she was as dynamic as anyone else in the league from a scoring standpoint. But, um, I mean, do you see Chelsea Gray being a potential part of this trade? I think you have – Let's if we exclude NECA and Candace Parker from the trade, let's just let's just drop them out and think about this. You're talking about Vidiva and Lavender as the possible bigs to do it. 
And then, you know, D- Dallas still needs a point guard. They still got that issue. I mean, what Dallas is trying to do with the Liz trade, if I'm them, again, speculation, I am looking to get a big because I need that body because I'm losing a big and also to hopefully fill the hole that Skyler is leaving. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm then looking at, okay, what guards do we got? Who can who can fit that role? And obviously, Odyssey Sims, Chelsea Gray. Now, they used to be, you know, the wrecking balls that were just destroying everyone together. Odyssey Sims has some contract stuff and has an offseason. Chelsea Gray, honestly, this past year, I would still say was an offseason for her in her growth. I think what we the, what we saw from her in in spurts and in two seasons ago for that season was just kind of put us in this mindset that she's going to be that upper echelon style player on that next level. And I was in the, I was in the room when uh, the, the post game interviews with NECA and with Candace Parker talking about what can she do for the coming time, get better. And, and they spoke quite candidly about how she needs to step herself up and get to that next level and how they have high expectations for her going forward. So I'm not the only one staying, saying that Chelsea can, can really take it to a next level. Um, but I, I just don't see her going. And then does Odyssey Sims really want to go back to Dallas? Right. <laughs> you know, it, possibly. I do want to go back. I think Maria Vadiva is a player we don't talk about very often. Um, she was Definitely not enough. Uh, part of that, where she's from, and just kind of her... her um, the nature of the kind of player she is and being a rookie. Um, there are certain aspects of her ability to even compete this summer due to national team. You know, so there's some things there that with, with when you go the international route are always a part of a player like her. But Agler and his staff in L.A. were a huge fan of Adiva. I mean, they were incredibly excited when they got her in the draft. She, they, they believe she's extremely talented. Um, she, she gave them some solid minutes this year and just her first year, and she, she's done some good things. But I think there's a part of this, too, where Vadiva could and more than likely is a part of this trade in some aspect, maybe, um, because I know that's just, just going off of how, how highly uh, she was sought after. And then you throw in the element of the, the size and the big, so that could be part of it as well. But I think from – I mean, I – I think about it a lot <laughs> in terms of LA and what could be on the table. And I, I think I'm loving reading people's uh, opinions and different um, things people are putting out there about it. It is, it's very unknown at this time. What is going on from that camp? Um, what, what they're considering trading, what was on the table originally, what it got up to. Uh, it's fascinating. I'm curious. I, I'm, I'm just anxious to see really how this is going to go out, how this is going to go down. Um, and if they can, come up with something that would entice Dallas to uh, pass up, you know, um, maybe a Mariah Jefferson and a number one pick and some size with Las Vegas, because everything just, everything, everything points to Vegas has if the trade value that, that what Dallas would need, but LA it's, it's a big question mark. It truly is. Hearing us talk it over. And again, this is just my opinion, thinking it over. I feel like the biggest thing that LA has going for them is the diva. It's the fact that, Agler was so set on her. Agler was such a big fan of her, is such a big fan of her, that that has got to be... Cons- I mean, because we're running through it. If if you're telling me, Rachel, that I have a choice of... Vidi- let's say let's just say Vidiva, Lavender, and Sims, all right? <laughs> Versus Mojef, a number one, and Hamby or Jisoo. Which are you taking? What was, what was the LA one? 
repeat that one more time. Vediva, Vediva, Lavender, and Sims. I'm going with Vegas. Exactly. Now, can you even can you even get a LA trade together in your mind real quickly that would beat Mojeff number one in Jisoo or a big? The only way it would in my mind would would involve NECA. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and, and 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 what I and I don't want to speak for you, so tell me if if I'm overstepping here, but I would say the reason that we're saying NECA out of their their three superstars is Chelsea's much younger and still hasn't even got to that point. And Derek Fisher, point guard, is going to want to have that top-notch point guard as his starter. And Candace obviously isn't going anywhere. So out of the three of them, the most expendable, as ridiculous as that sounds, would be NECA, correct? Correct. By, by basic logic, we're, we're just assuming. Exactly. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, we've talked about that enough. <laughs> we've had some hot takes. Rachel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop some hot takes of my own. All right. What are these, what are these hot takes based off? Just just predictions? What what, what, you, what you think could happen? Yeah. Okay. Twenty nineteen WNBA predictions. Let's say. Okay. All right. Okay. And we're basing this just off of your opinion, rumors, things you've Opin- heard. Opinion. Opinion. You know, nothing I'm saying is like, oh, I heard. Right. So and so's coach came and said this. This is me based off of what I know, my own educated decision. What we can predict for 2019 moving forward. Exactly. Okay. And, and all right, I'm going to start off with a simple one. Rebecca Brunson is going to win the sixth woman of the year, but with the caveat, she won't win the actual award. <laughs> She's going to get, she is going to get Cheyenne Parker. All right. Where everybody knows there's one person who statistically and based off of the position should have won the award, but due to technicalities and whatnot and how the voting system works, she won't. Don't ask me how, I just know it. <laughs> All right. Um, next one, going to up it a little bit more, get a little bit more tasty on these hot takes. Spicy. Atlanta Dream. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going down south, so you got to add a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit of spice. <laughs> Atlanta Dream will trade a player. Now, the reason I say this, and this is my logic, if you've read the WNBA CBA, you understand there are six guaranteed contracts. Now, with that information, if you cross over into the salary database, you can see that they have over six players getting paid for multiple more years. So I think it's safe to assume that they have six players on guaranteed contract. Take it with a grain of salt. I'm clearly making some assumptions and jumping to conclusions, but to me, this is why we need more transparency on contracts. It's one thing to be educated on the CBA rules, but if we don't know how they apply to the team's specific situations, it doesn't really help. Which makes life Hard for them to make changes on the roster. If they don't, you're looking at the exact same roster. Now, keep in mind the implications of that, right? This is a team that is very blatantly has lacked a three-point ball and wants to get someone who can get some more points on the board. If you're asking me, that's Atlanta's weakness. That's what we saw throughout the year. So Atlanta is going to trade a household name if you're an Atlanta fan. Sorry to tell you that. It's happening. All right? Are those your takes? And... I got one more. All right, go ahead. I got one more, and I got to lock my door real quick before I say this, because I am based in D.C. Washington Mystics, sadly, will not be making the playoffs this year. And what are you basing that on? Okay. This <laughs> one, quick, this real one, real quick, real quick. This one is based off of um, I of my prediction about Misaman and Deladon and the coaching structure and figuring out a way to properly use those two. 
T was very blunt, like we talked about earlier in this episode, about wanting Latoya Sanders back. How is he going to work those three bigs in? So I would say if you give them two years, they're back in the playoffs, back in contention for a championship. Um, obviously, to say a team without Elena Deldon is making the playoffs, I think, is one of the wildest hot takes you will hear in a while. I agree so. with that. I agree with that part of it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's those, those are your three takes, okay. Those are my three takes. Okay, I've got two. Um, and some of these could potentially fall in line with each other. Um, we will see. Uh, my first one, you know, everyone these last few weeks, partially because of my own fault, has been talking about the Liz Cambage, um, everything going on with that, which is fantastic. I love the conversation. It's great. But we, have, we haven't heard much about Maya Moore um, and kind of will she return? Will she play? There's a lot that is being kept very closely to the chest there, and no one really knows what's going on. It's hard to say. But I'm going to make a prediction that Maya Moore will never play in Minnesota ever again. Wow. I'm, so, I'm sorry if that makes you Look, sad. As, as someone who was born and raised in Minneapolis and appreciates the greatest Minnesota sports team of all time, it does because I don't want Minnesota to win it every year, but I definitely want Minnesota – to be talked about. I don't. I don't want them, you know, fighting for for the first pick. Um, so I'm going to say, screw you, Rachel. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. My second one. Um, I'm going to be very general on this. I'm not going to get into it any further than just what I'm going to say. It's my bold prediction. We saw some coaching changes going on uh, quite a bit with Chicago, with LA, with Dallas. I think we are going to see a shocking. Shocking coaching change, head coaching change that takes place um, before this 2019 season is over with. Well, we'll we'll talk about that off air. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just think we're going to see we're going to see kind of a shocker there, and from from just a head coaching movement standpoint, that's my prediction. I like it. You got one more, or is is that your? That's all I got. All Those right. are my takes. That's all she's got. That's all the takes. And hey, that's all we got. This has been the WNBA Insider Show. That was Rachel Galligan. I'm R.A. Schwartz. Each week, different topics important to the W.